It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I'm, I'm freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me as he does every Monday, Lindsey Crosby of Locked On MLB Prospects. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. It was a good weekend, and... uh I'm excited to get after it this week. Yeah, different intro that I normally give for you. Locked on MLB Prospects is officially up and putting out content. The latest episode is up right now, so be sure to go check that out. So, Lindsay, things I want to get into today, early enrollees, the vast majority of them are moved in. I want to talk about those guys as well as where we are in the, the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. Has anything changed over the weekend? Transfer news, what are we hearing? And uh, then, of course, we'll talk about that top 10 Auburn basketball team and hey, some folks even has uh, they have Auburn as the number two team in all of the country. But first things first, per Jeffrey Lee of On3, uh, the following players have been moved in and they will start classes on Wednesday at Auburn. Quarterback Holden Gariner, offensive lineman uh, Easton Harris Jr., wide receiver Jay Fair, tight end Mike O'Reilly Ducker, linebacker Powell Gordon, cornerback Keontae Scott, defensive lineman Jeffrey Emba. DBs, Marquise Gilbert, and Caleb Wooden. And also, uh, Jay Lee reported that transfer Jason Jones from Oregon and transfer quarterback Zach Calzada from Texas A&M, they're not here yet, but they will be here in time for them to start classes at Auburn on Wednesday. So, a lot of these dudes coming in, Lindsay, have a chance to compete right away, which I think is really, really exciting because... I'm sure that's always a sales pitch that's involved between the coaching staff and incoming players, but they're actually telling the truth here. The vast majority of these dudes have a chance to compete right away. And so the fact that they're at an early, they can you know kind of get acclimated to the culture on campus and, and the workouts before spring practice starts, I think it's a huge deal. This is big for Auburn and big for the 2022 season. We know that that this was going to be a, a struggle this upcoming season. Year two of Brian Harson was going to be a little difficult, sure. just based on who you let, uh, who you lost, and who you left. And going over this list, it's really easy to make cases for most of these guys to get playing time. If I had to, off the top of my head, knock out one or two, it's probably not going to be huge contributors their freshman year. You'd think an offensive lineman in Easton Harris, simply because most offensive linemen don't play their freshman year. And then you think about tight end Michael Riley Ducker, simply because we have so many options there, but. They're giving themselves every possible situation or every possible opportunity to come in and still compete for a starting job and push those starters by getting here uh, before the spring and being an early enrollee. Right, right. Um, And I even think with the offensive line, I don't think he's physically ready, but he may get a shot just because there's going to be a lot (laughs) of auditions and a lot of competition for for all five of those guys. But yeah, you're probably right. And and Mike O'Reilly Ducker, from a talent standpoint, maybe closer to being ready than some of the other guys in this class that have a better chance of playing time, but just he's coming in at a log jam, especially with John Samuel mm-hmm. Shanker coming back and and um, just a lot of talent in that room and depth. So that's just kind of part of it. But 
two guys, really three guys, that I'm most excited for, Holden Garen or Lindsey. I know there's been a lot of news about Zach Calzada coming in and a lot of talk Calzone. about it. Yep, the Calzone himself. If somebody wants an Auburn Calzone shirt, Lindsey, where can they go? AUShirts.com. Okay, short and sweet. There you go, AUShirts.com. But I don't think there's been enough buzz about Holden Gariner. And a lot of folks, you know, I see it in the comments with stories that we put up at AuburnWire.com uh, that Lance and I and JD do. But I, I think there's a real chance that Holden Gariner battles for this job. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not predicting a Gariner win by any stretch of the imagination, but with what Harshan wants to do, I will say this. I think it's more likely that Gariner starts in 22 than D. Davis. I will say that. And that's going to tick a lot of people off. But I think with what Harson wants the 2022 offense or just any offense that he coaches for in the foreseeable future, unless he has a massive change as far as what he wants in a quarterback, I think Garner is more likely to start at Auburn in 22 as a freshman than D. Davis would as a redshirt freshman. We saw some of the Boise teams play a true freshman at quarterback before, and it's not unprecedented. And I feel like of any position to step into physically, that's probably the easiest one to step into uh, because it's just a matter of you know, physically, it's a matter of arm strength. It's a matter of, of can you handle the, the pounding of an SEC schedule? Um, getting here as early as he is, gives Holden Gariner a shot. I do think it's going to be legitimately a three-way competition between Holden Gariner, um, between TJ Finley, and between Zach Calzada. Right. uh, Simply because you've got two guys with SEC experience in Finley and Calzada, and then you have Gariner, who um, Harson selected. He's the hand-picked guy that you went out and got out of high school. Yeah to to come in and run your offense um if you have to pick up to leave a person out and i know that our discord's going nuts right now yes. our discord your discord but if you have to leave somebody out because it's hard to give equal snaps to four guys i do think d davis is probably that guy that's left out simply because what he does and his skill set is so much different from all three from the other three quarterbacks it's harder to plug and play from him to a, a different guy and, because he and, just does different things. And folks, please hear what we're saying. We are not anti-D Davis. I just, based on all the evidence we've seen so far, I think it's least likely he's a starter in 2022. That's just based on the information. Is that the right thing? Is that the fair thing? Is that what's best for Auburn? I don't know. I'm just telling you that's, that, that is my prediction, Lindsay. It sounds like you don't, uh, you don't think I'm too crazy in saying that. So now, obviously, that whole list of names dramatically shifts if the whole Caleb Williams stuff comes to fruition. He was in California over the weekend. He wanted everyone to know that he was at the Rams game out in L.A. And, of course, Auburn's biggest competition, it seems, in all of this, um, is USC and UCLA. USC because of the Lincoln-Riley thing. I'm a little eh on that because Lincoln-Riley kind of left, and it sounds like that left a lot of you know negative emotion uh, with the players still at Oklahoma. But the UCLA buzz seems real. Definitely seems real. So um, it's going to come down to a lot of NIL money, I think. And I think Auburn's in it. I really do. Uh, as far as other guys that I'm really excited about, and, and Lindsay, this one may be a bit premature. But ever since wide receiver Jay Fair announced that he was going to be a part of Auburn's signing class, I've been really high on him. I, I like the way he moves. I think 
He offers some things that Auburn currently doesn't have on the roster. Um, I think he can play on the outside. I like his ability to run routes. And I think he can create space on his own. Now, is he going to be able to do that in 2022? I don't know. He may be a 2023 guy. But I, Jay Fair is a guy early that I'm really high on. Yeah, and and same thing there. You know, he's coming in and giving himself plenty of time to learn yep. the playbook so that he can actually force that conversation. If you go back and you think about the TJ Finley transfer and everybody talking about how, you know, he was competing with Bonix for the starting job, look at how long it took him to get on campus. And just the fact that he, I mean, there was no way for him to pick up the playbook in time and build rapport with the wide receivers right. and the offensive line and everything you need to do. And so Jay Fair being here in January gives him strength and conditioning in the spring, gives him all the spring practice, yep. gives him summer conditioning, and then fall camp to find a way to um, to help this football team. And given how much time he has, you have to think it's going to be it's, – it's, they have plenty of time to work out a set of things. This is what he does well. This is a set of plays that he knows and he can contribute on day one, provided that he's physically ready. Right. And I think he will be. Right. All right. One more guy I want to single out. And then, Lindsay, I'm sure you have some thoughts on some guys um, in just a moment. Today's show brought to you by Built Bar. You can check all of their products out at Built.com. Built Bar is the protein bar that looks and tastes like a candy bar. It's January. Everybody's mind is okay. How can I become a better version of myself in 2022? I'm doing that. My wife is doing that. We're very bit, you know, we're all in on, you know, trying to get healthier in 2022 and built bar and built products as a whole. A big part of that already down a few pounds and, and built bar is definitely made it easy. Mid afternoon, you want a sweet treat and built bar has that all their bars are covered 100% in chocolate, but they're high in protein. And so when we type them into our fitness calculator, you know, it tells us we're doing a good job because it's high in protein and, and low in calories. So be sure to check it out. Uh, go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Also, today's show brought to you by our friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. You can check out all of the restaurants that they have partnered up with locally in Auburn, Opelika, and Lee County at fetchmedelivery.com, or they have a free app that is outstanding in your phone's app. So just search Fetch Me Delivery. should be the first thing that comes up. But uh, yeah, these are local folks teaming up with local business owners and serving the local community in Auburn, Opelika, and Lee County. I had a meeting with them Friday afternoon, and they've got some really, really cool things coming, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, be sure to use uh, their awesome delivery service. And when you use it, use the promo code LOCALMEAL. It'll knock a little bit off the top and um, help making, uh, help feeding your family at the end of the day. Um, a little bit easier. So be sure to check that out. Fetchmedelivery.com. Lindsay, one last guy that I, I would love to hear your thoughts on this list of early enrollees, but Keontae Scott, the number one Juco corner in all of junior college a year ago, committed to the Tigers, obviously signed with the Tigers. Look, I love corners. I love good corners. Cornerback is my favorite position to watch. Mm -hmm. uh, Keontae is a good corner. Therefore, I love him. And I'm just going to leave it at that. You have been at the forefront of all of the elite cornerbacks at Auburn, you have been the guy. I mean, a year ago, you were saying, hey, Roger McCreary is the best cornerback in the nation. He's he's right up there, top five, first-round draft pick, and everybody's like, Zach, you're crazy. And it turns out... I said the Zach same thing right. when Noah Benogany changed sides of the ball. I was at the spring... I remember looking at Ben Wolk, and we talked about it. Like He looks like a first-round corner. 
So, yeah. I mean, if you say you love a Keontae Scott, then I am excited to watch Keontae Scott. Number one right. Juco corner in the country coming in. And same thing. This is a Juco guy with multiple years of eligibility to me feels like it's the best of both worlds because yep. you get plenty of time of them in your program, but they've already gone through a lot of the strength and conditioning stuff. Right. And that like that, that's why I'm so excited personally from this list for Jeffrey Imba. Uh, one, okay. I mean, they call him Thanos and that's just a great nickname. That's so cool. That is so cool. But I mean, like looking at what he does, number one, overall Juco player, just big athlete, well-proportioned, and what I love is you can, he does a great job. He can, he can play, he can play at the edge if he has to, but his game is down middle mm-hmm. and you can get him in the middle of the field and he can just stay low and take on blockers. I mean, right. you could, he's so, he's so immovable. You could put him in a scuba suit and use him as a boat anchor. I mean, he will just. Wait, say that again. He's so immovable. You could put him in a scuba suit and use him as a boat anchor. Okay. I wasn't ready for that. Yep. So, and it's just, I mean, and it's same, same situation as Keontae Scott. He's had time to do that physical maturity uh, because he went through the Juco, but he has multiple years of eligibility. Right. And so he's a guy I'm excited with, with Tony fair moving on with Marquise Burks, possibly changing sides of the ball and recovering and things like that. I'm excited to see uh, what Jeffrey Imba can do. Cause we have a lot of bodies on the defensive line. There's a lot of guys and some folks are going to get lost in the shuffle. And I think he's a guy who's going to come in and immediately take starter snaps for this Auburn football team in the, in the fall. Describe Jeffrey Imbo one more time. I want to make sure I've got that. Uh, he's so immovable. You could put him in a scuba suit and use him as a boat anchor. That's, that's incredible. That's incredible. Um, all right. And then I'm surprised and we waited till we waited till as late as possible because I, I really was expecting this news today. Uh, the Oregon transfer defensive back, specifically, he's an outside corner, DJ James. I thought he was going to commit today. Auburn's been the favorite for him literally before he entered the portal. So um, he his visit was this weekend, as far as I know, unless something changed. But things around him have been like really quiet. So I don't really know what's up with that. But I'm expecting that news. Honestly, it'll probably happen as soon as we're on recording because that's just how it's been. And, was, and that'd be okay. That would be fine. I was about to say what's going to happen is it's going to be as soon as we finish recording, he'll he'll go ahead and commit. If you're listening to this Monday morning and he is committed to the Auburn Tigers, it's Zach's fault. Zach made it happen. Uh, yeah. uh, and so this is a power we didn't know Zach had. He can just talk about any player having not committed yet, and that player will immediately commit afterwards. Hey, Zach, you want Talk about Caleb Williams, right? Anymore? Yeah this this past uh, this past Monday night, I should have talked about Kobe Hudson staying. Um, clearly, because that was the issue. Um, Could have manifested that into existence. Hey, one more football topic, and then we'll move into basketball. Because what a game, what a performance! But oh. Brett McMurphy, formerly of ESPN, he does stuff with the Action Network now. Um, to my knowledge, he's really the only the Action Network's only like reporter. Everything else is like betting there. I think. That's my understanding. But mm-hmm. he put out his way-too-early top 25 for college football in 2022, which I am a sucker for. I will read every single one of those. Um, so he put out his top 25. Auburn is not in there, which makes sense. I'm fine with that. Um, but then he, like, at the bottom, he put my next 25 in alphabetical order. No Auburn. So Not in the top 50. Not in his top 50. 
50. Is Auburn not a top 50 team going into 2022? Look, I, I get you can be down on these Tigers right now. I have no issue with that whatsoever. But not top 50? I think Auburn's defense alone, you got questions about the offense. I get it. Mm-hmm. But the defense alone, with all the experience coming back and they've been in the system now, so you're not going to have those growing pains early in the year, you wouldn't think. I think the defense alone makes them a top 50 team. If you don't want to put them in the top 25, I, I get it. That is totally fine. You got Kentucky in there, and I'm like, I think Auburn beats Kentucky one-on-one, but that's fine. Whatever. Um, but yeah, to put Auburn as, uh, outside your top 50, that's big. That is a big take for me. I'm going to do the devil's advocate on this okay. and take the other side and say... Take Brett's side? And 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 take Brett's side in the argument just for the sake of the argument. Please and do. say, until this transfer portal stuff is pretty much, this first wave of transfer portal stuff is done, and Auburn's offensive linemen who all have an extra year of eligibility until they announce what they're going to do, you have to assume unless they say something that guys are gone because the way that it works is you are automatically entered for the the draft unless you specifically declare you're coming back. So if you look at the roster, take out anybody who has not already said they're coming back for a super senior year. Also look at the fact that we still haven't gone in the portal like we've been talking about and signed offensive linemen yet. We haven't signed a number one wide receiver yet. Uh, we do have Calzada, but that's pretty much the only the noteworthy offensive transfer. Is a is a. I'm sure Brad's thrilled that it's Italian food coming in the um, mm-hmm. transfer portal. But using that argument, I can understand saying at this point in time, there's so little that you know about this offense. You know they haven't gotten anything. And you have to assume they're losing what little bit they had until the portal is done. So I can see him. I don't, not that I agree with it. Mm-hmm. I can see his point. I, I can too in regards to from the outside looking in, and I was a victim of this. I felt, you know, I fell to this a little bit in regards to overreacting to all of the big like the big stories leaving. The Bo Nix departure, mm-hmm. the Kobe Hudson being removed from the program, um, you know, Zacoby McLean entering the draft. But everything else that's happened so far, either you saw coming or uh, it, it's been it's been good. I mean, four defensive starters coming back is great. Is it four? Owen, Burks, Hall, and, and Wooden. Yeah, so, I mean, you, yeah, got, you yeah. got four four of those guys that were borderline are coming back. You're losing McCreary, but I think you have a really good cornerbacks room that's ready. And, you know, if you get mm-hmm. DJ James, it's going to be totally fine. He's a starter day one. So, um, I, I just don't think it's as bad as I did a week ago. I think in the modern era, well, one, he probably wrote this more than a more than a week ago, but in the modern sure. era of college football, I think most championship teams you've seen have been carried by a dynamic offense. And mm-hmm. and seeing where Auburn's offense was last year, removing the number one wide receiver, removing the quarterback, and potentially, because until they say they're back, you have to assume they're gone, potentially removing part of a line that already wasn't amazing you have to assume this team does not have the offense to keep up with modern college football. So like in his defense, I think that's where it is. Once the portal stuff settles, we have an offensive lineman or two. We have a wide receiver, some other things we expect to fill from the portal. 
I expect us to be in that next 25 in alphabetical order to be in that group. And we probably beat a bunch of those teams on a neutral site. But right. I can see his argument right now. Sure. I, I get it. All right, let's talk basketball in just a moment. Right here on Locked on Auburn. Hey, a lot of you listening are already saving a ton of money and getting money cash back uh, by downloading the Get Upside app. It's free on your phone's app store. Just type in Get Upside. It's the first app that comes up. And when you sign up, use the promo code SCORE, and you get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. So they already do that already. So you're talking about 50 cents cash back per gallon of gas uh, for your first fill-up. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Use promo code SCORE uh, in the GetUpside app. Look, I did this over the weekend. We were about to fill up my wife's car. We went up to Birmingham um, to see some friends for some stuff uh, this weekend. And, yeah, we you, know, you, you, you submit it after you do it. And yeah, you, you get money in your account. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. So yeah, download the free GetUpside app. Use promo code SCORE. And uh, yeah, you can see the money in your account afterwards in your bank account. You can, then you can send it to uh, your bank account or your PayPal or any gift card. They give you a ton of options. So be sure to check that out. Use promo code SCORE. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Lindsay, Auburn basketball wins 85-73 to against the Florida Gators. And what was a pretty impressive effort by several players, especially when you consider that Auburn's two most valuable players on this team, Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler, they were in foul trouble for a big chunk of the game. Kessler actually fouled out. So you saw more minutes kind of spread out among the 10 or 11 players that got in. But um, your biggest takeaways in regards to Auburn's win over Florida. So I've got two things I'm really thinking about here. Is okay. one, the offensive metrics I always look for is 50-40-90. Auburn shot more than 50% from the floor. They shot more than 40% from three. Uh, they didn't shoot 90% from the free throw line, and I, they just didn't get to the free throw line as much as you feel like a Bruce Pearl team typically does. They also didn't shoot a lot of th uh, threes yesterday, Saturday either, um, you know, but they still hit 44% of them. So to me, one is just seeing, seeing how well-rounded this team is. You know, this is a lot of, there's a lot of, usually a lot of play in the paint, a lot of scoring um, from three, you know, for, whether it's from deep, whether it's up close, they're making their shots. Uh, seeing Walker Kessler foul out, not something I've seen yet. I don't think he's done it this season until, until this game. Right. Um, but just seeing, you know, Katie Johnson, 20, 23 points, Wendell Green, 13 points, Jalen Williams, 14 off the bench. Just so efficient, how, too. Well, he was like five of six. Isn't that right? Yeah, I think he missed one shot. It's just one of those seeing how deep this Auburn rotation is. And you hear all the time about how this team is deep. This team is deep. And it's they're playing eight or nine guys with consistent minutes. I mean, Auburn is 10 guys deep. Uh, Auburn has a walk on that's getting legitimate minutes because he's good. And it's something where 
this team feels like the only way to possibly beat them when they're at full strength is to get Walker Kessler in foul trouble and Jabari Smith needs to have an off night. Yeah. And the two those two things happening together, I don't see it happening that often. Well, and Jabari's thing was was foul trouble, and so he was he was on the bench a ton. I mean, his night was fi- four of seven. He made both of his three point shots. I mean, um, Jabari was fine. Um, it's just he didn't play as much as as you you would want him to. Um, mm-hmm. But the games aren't always going to develop that, and an opposing team can't force that the way that Florida did. One, Florida's good defensively. We talked to Brandon Olsen of Lockdown Gators. He talked about that. He, he, he was spot on. Um, but also, I mean, there was a there was a 10-minute span in the second half. I'm not a, you know, blame it on the refs guy, and I'm not blaming it on the refs. I think I think what they called was legitimate for the most part. There were a few that was like, eh, what are you doing? But I thought it was fairly even in the ridiculousness of it all. But you have to get a crew that's going to call a game like that. And you just can't predict that as another team. So I I don't even know if that's legitimate, Lindsay, just because of, you know it, it's a weakness, but I don't think it's anything that Florida did. I think if I, I think Auburn just totally opens it up on them and wins, you know, wins by 20. If uh, if this is a, a game where you know the whistle is swallowed a little bit by the referees. Yeah, it's a I don't know how much scouting they do of officials. I know when it comes to baseball, something that I like that I do is I look to see who's going to be the umpire for a series or what crews work in a series or a game or whatever. Um, I'm sure that they know some like to call more than others, but I find it hard to you can't base your game plan on that. And so really what you have to do, I mean, this team's set up, you can take out any one person from this team. And Auburn's still going to win most of these games, maybe with the exception of Jabari. And yeah. Saturday, we saw, I mean, he played 21 minutes, but he was long stretches where he wasn't in the game. I think second half, he checked out at first 30 seconds. He checked out and sat for a good five, six minutes. And right. so so I feel good about what's going to happen between now and the tournament. And I think the way this team is trending, I mean, Auburn could could be a two-seed going into March Madness if everything breaks correctly and this team continues to play the way they have been, stay healthy, uh, and just gel both offensively and defensively. Oh, there's speculation that, it's the, that Auburn's a one seed right now, which is crazy. And, and you're, you're going to start to see more and more brackets come out with, with the bracketologists, and it's such a fun time of year that we're about to be a part of. But Auburn, Auburn could be a one seed when it's all said and done, which is fascinating. CBS, Gary Parrish with CBS Sports, uh, they do a good job of kind of putting a top 25 out there um, regularly, like multiple times a week. And Auburn's number two in the country in their poll, which is crazy. Um, I think that's a little high. It's fun. I think they're a top five team. I don't think they're top two, but still with Duke losing and there's kind of being so much uncertainty um, with, with a lot of, uh, a, a lot of, you know, these, these top teams outside of Baylor, it's like, maybe they are. Auburn's been more consistent. Auburn's been one of the most consistent teams in college basketball behind Baylor, which is fun to see. But I mean, you talk about inconsistency and you look across the state in Alabama and Auburn has to go there on Tuesday, uh, Alabama losing a shootout to a not very good Missouri team. It's going to be interesting, and just the dynamics of it being the day after the national championship, which obviously is going to be played tonight between Auburn's two biggest rivals, but how much 
Are the students going to be caring about that? They're probably going to win another natty the day before, or they're going to lose a natty the day before. How does that affect, you know, attendance? It's at eight o'clock on a weeknight. This scene, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people say, oh no, this is a total trap game for the Tigers. It's on the road. Alabama's not going to lose two in a row, yada, yada, yada. I, I think I think this is this could be a great opportunity for Auburn to sneak up on Alabama, the timing of the game. And also, like you have a chance. You are Auburn and you have a chance to just totally nuke your rival season. <laughs> like step on their throats. And it, and it seems like Lindsay, this team has that mentality where they're gonna smell Zep talks about it all the time. When he smells blood, he goes after the basketball. Katie Johnson mm-hmm. does the same thing. If they smell blood with this Alabama team, they can nuke their season. Talking about that mentality, I remember noticing when Florida in the second half got it to within, I think it was one, and the very next play, Jabari just drains a three. And it's, I mean, it's a no-doubter when it leaves his fingers. And it's that's the mentality that you're talking about. And I think this is a great opportunity for Auburn because the hard part of this is going into Tuscaloosa to play, right? And yeah. the situation that you're in, like Mike, you just talked about with the national championship the day before it being an 8 p.m. game on a school night and a weeknight and everything, I think you mitigate a lot of that home field advantage that they're going to have. And Tuscaloosa is not, I know plenty of Auburn fans who said it's cheaper to pay for gas and tickets in Tuscaloosa than it is to watch a game in Auburn Arena. Uh, so you have plenty of Auburn fans who are making that trip over there as well. Uh, so that's the next think, step of this fan base, too, right, Lindsay? I mean, we've seen Auburn Arena become a hostile place to play. But like whenever Kentucky comes to town, I mean, there's always, you know, it doesn't matter where you're playing. There's going to be a, a bunch of Kentucky basketball fans. Bob will take the next step. They need to pop up in these away, uh, these away venues. Yeah. And, and like, that's something where I think you're going to see this team this season do that. I, I think, think so this season is yep. the catalyst for Auburn to become a basketball school. And I don't mean that, to take anything away from football. Football obviously is the biggest interest of the fan base and a big thing. But I think that this is after this season, you're going to be talking about Auburn now as one of the blue bloods of college basketball with those Dukes, with those North Carolinas, with those other historic teams. Uh, But my prediction is you're going to see Auburn go in and win by double digits on Tuesday night at Alabama uh, simply because of the scenario we're in the talent in this team and the mentality that they have that Zepp always talks about how Mm -hmm. they are, are out for blood. Yep, it'd be incredible. There's no question about it. So, um, just just real quick, I mean, you talking about the, the the transition of the fan base. I was talking to my wife about this on Sunday, and it seems like this hype and this energy, like the, none of it's fluky, which is fun. None of it's like one year hype kind of thing. I mean, Jabari definitely helps, but. Um, this team is still very good without Jabari. Now Jabari brings a lot of it together, but you know you got a, you got one of the best guards in high school basketball coming in next year. You're probably only going to lose two guys. The vast majority of this team is going to come back. Um, the Allen Flanagan situation at the end of the year will be very very interesting. But I do think you lose Kessler, and I do think you lose Jabari. But outside of that, it's like this team is staying put. And it's going to be a popular transfer destination because Bruce Pearl can say, hey, look at what happened with Walker Kessler when he came here and when Zepp Jasper came here and when Wendell Green came here. 
and all of these examples of success and improvement and player development. And also, like, they're just, they seem genuinely happy to be here. Katie Johnson's another one, obviously. So, it's, it seems like it's sustainable. And also, like, all the NCAA crap is behind us. So, mm-hmm. it, I mean, this is, this is something that's not going away, folks. Buy in and uh, enjoy for the long haul. But this team specifically is very, very special. Yeah, and you know Bruce said it when he first got hired. He's like, if you're not on, like, if you don't have season tickets, go ahead and get them because there's going to be a waiting list, and uh, there is. I mean, you couldn't find tickets last year when this team wasn't eligible for the postseason. So the fact that the the arena was still so loud last year and still so so raucous last year tells me that it's not a fluke, it's not a bandwagon. Mm-hmm. That this is the culture that Bruce Pearl has brought to Auburn. Like Auburn is now a basketball school. Right. And and I look forward to seeing where this goes. Like you said, questions about what Flanagan's going to do, uh, but a lot of these guys coming back, uh, you know, the, like the the Katie Johnson stories are great. When you can point to that, you can right. point to to like you said, Walker Kessler. You point to all these guys transferring in and what they're able to do, and the guys who have been here. Look at Leor Berman. That man might transfer and go start for a school on scholarship next year. Yeah, and Bruce can say, hey, even if you know, even if you're a walk on. If you're good enough, if you work hard enough, I could get you a scholarship somewhere to play basketball. It's crazy. So, so, I mean, we are a basketball school now, like it or not. Uh, the things we're great at, obviously, you know, that equestrian and gymnastics. One last Friday night. Let's go. Uh, that's right. That's right. And Suny Lee's debut is an Auburn Tiger. That's very, very fun. And Auburn owns North Carolina and everything. So, can't yep. stress that enough. Um, Lindsay, how can folks find you, listen to you, support you, all that good stuff? You can subscribe to Locked On It MLB Prospects wherever you get your podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Farm. Uh, and you can check out our merch at AUShirts.com. Yes, absolutely, AUShirts.com. But yeah, Locked On MLB Prospects. He's going to be covering some college out baseball. Now. Yep, it's out now. This first, The first one of the Lindsey Crosby era is out now. So be sure to check that out. Follow me on Twitter at Z Black. Be sure on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. And on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. And if you're watching on YouTube... Please, please, please subscribe. A ton of you watching or not subscribed. It helps the channel out a ton. We will see you tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.